Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, Built to Last, we're going to talk about Built to Last, and I want to remind you that if you've made any decisions, next week is Baptism Sunday, so we're going to have baptisms next week. Just want to remind you of that. Psalm 127, verse 1. Can you look on your screens? I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. Psalm 127, say it with me. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the the builders is wasted. Now wait, if the Lord's building it, how can there still be work? Because we work with God. We don't work instead of God, right? And we don't let God work instead of us. No, he says, unless the Lord builds the house, the work, uh, would you just keep that screen up for a minute? Uh, uh, Maybe it's up here. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. You know, you can say that there's a home builder that's building a house, but the workers are working for the home builder, right? There's the workers and the home builder. Who's Who's the builder, Come on, who, who should be the builder? And unless the Lord builds a house, then builders are builders only build shacks. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? You remember this? My hope is built on nothing less. Come on, sing it with me. Then Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame. But wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. And Lord, we pray that as we talk about building today, that we would remember that it's you who are, who's doing the work. It's not just something you're assigning to us, but it's something that you're doing the work through us. And so we yield to you today. We ask you to custom tailor this word to us today in Jesus' name. And we all said amen. Do you know right now with all that's going on in our country, the largest trap that I see of the enemy is fear? It's fear. Fear of what? Fear of the storms that are coming in, in the future. Oh, storms are coming? Storms are coming in the future, in some, some way. But it's fear. It's fear of this and fear of that. Probably, you, if there was a reason to fear, it would probably be things you can't even think of. And probably the things you're fearing about aren't even things worth fearing about. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow sufficient for the troubles its own. He says, you have enough to think about today. You know, the Bible says also, you shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. When I see oppression over people, over cities, over families, over individuals, do you know the only way for Satan to keep oppression is to keep you in fear? But if we can be a people who's far from fear, who's away from fear, we don't have to worry about it. Let me tell you, building a foundation, there's no, there's, there's, but it's by no accident that the Lord led me to start this series today for our church about building a solid foundation in our lives. Why? Because storms will come. Storms will go, and we will stand in the name of Jesus. So would you just say this with me? I will not fear. Come on, say it with me. I will not fear. 
Well, why is that? God has not given you a spirit of fear. Notice fear is a spirit. In the spirit world, if our eyes were open, just like to human beings, you say, how many people are here today? How many people are in the balcony today? How many people are outside today? You know, you're looking around, you could count them. But if you were to look in the spirit world, you would see spirits. You would see spirits. Do you know there there are only two types of spirits? There's the spirit of light and the spirit of darkness. And the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear. See, fear doesn't come from the Lord. Fear fear comes from the enemy. But he has given you spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Can we just quote that today? God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Come on, say it over your life again. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It's important for us to remember that. But let me tell you, in the building process, foundation is everything. And that's what I want to talk about today. Foundation is everything. I'm going to give you three points. Number one is this. What is foundation? What is? Write these things down. What is foundation? Matthew chapter 16 verse 15 says this. And he said to them, who do you say that I am? Jesus is sitting with his disciples and he says, who do you say that I am? Before he asked that question, he said, what do people say about me out in the world? You know, that's called reporters, right? He wants you to be a reporter, and he's like, what are people saying about me? What do they think about me, right? And they said, some say you're Elijah, some say you're Jeremiah. And then he stopped, and he turned it around on them, and he says this, but who do you say that I am? I think so much of the time, religion can be about what people think, what the church thinks, what the pastor thinks, what this guy on a podcast thinks. What's this? You know, none of that matters when it comes down to your life. It's really, what do you think? Who do you say that I am, Jesus said. And Simon Peter answered and said, you are, notice he was the only one who stood up. He said, you are the Christ. It's Translation, Messiah, which in the Old Testament they'd say the Messiah, it's the one we've been waiting for. You're the one we've been waiting for. You're the son of the living God. Notice he called a human being the son of God. You're the son of the living God. See, Jesus didn't call himself the son of God. He called himself the son of man. He walked around. He said, who, who do people say the son of man is? And he said, the son of man is the son of God. And notice what he said. Flesh and blood... You what's reveal? It's you know opened up your eyes to this. Pull the veil back. But my Father who is in heaven, and I also say to you that you are Peter. Peter means rock. And on this, or that's how uh, some believe that when he's saying you are Peter, you're solid. And on you, Peter, I'm going to build everything. And so there was the generations down of the Pope and all those things going on. You know because you are Peter. He wasn't saying on Peter I'll build my church. He was saying, on the revelation that Peter had, I'll build my church. And what is that revelation? That Jesus wasn't just a man. Jesus is the Son of God who came down to the earth. He he is the Messiah, right? He says, upon this rock, I'll build my church. And notice, the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So he's saying, who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? What What people think. You can go and say, well, they said in church today. Well, they said on the news. Well, they said on this. But what do you say? 
Because what you say about it is really what matters, how it affects your own life. What they say affects their lives. What you say affects your lives. And notice, what you say about it will, all of hell, the gates of Hades cannot prevail against what you say and believe about Jesus in your life. So it's really important. Now, skyscrapers, when you, when, if you've ever been in New York City, you can look and you see all these huge, huge, huge skyscrapers up in the, up in the sky. And you say, oh, this is phenomenal. Phenomenal, the way these things are built. But I want to talk to you about the foundation of skyscrapers. Skyscrapers can be a hundred stories, much more than a hundred stories tall. But you know, for a hundred story skyscraper, it may take 18 to 24 months just to build the foundation. You may think there's no progress that's going on just to build the foundation, just to lay a foundation, to prevent natural forces from toppling them over. We're talking about storms coming. To prevent natural forces from toppling them over, uh, these mega tall structures need a low center of gravity. However high up you see they are, there's a bunch of floors going underneath in order to sustain that. It's achieved by digging a deep, deep into the ground and to find soil that's sturdy enough to hold the weight of the building. For some of the world's largest and tallest building, that means digging as deep as 85 meters or 279 feet or about a football field deep. A football field deep in order to get these structures high. See, we always, we always glory in what we look at, but when you see a solid person and you go, how in the world did they endure all of that mess? It's because, not because of what you see, it's because of what's underneath. It's because of how deep their foundation is. It's not about building fast. It's about building deep. It's about building foundational in your life. I'm talking, I think I'm talking especially to young people in this. Thank God I was able to catch this at probably 13 years old. I was able to just get some consistency in my life about building some things in my life. And I didn't realize that when all the storms and life hit, because they will, they did, they do, they will in the future. And you have to be able to have a deep foundation. It takes a long time to build a foundation. If you're impatient, you'll miss over the importance of it. Once you have the foundation done, you know, you, you might say, they're not really making a lot of progress. Once you have the foundation done, you're about halfway done with the building. You're about halfway there. Because it took a lot to dig and it took a lot to lay those things. Structure can only be as big as the foundation is. If you have a big calling on your life, if you have something that God's asked you to do and you know that it's going to take blazing some trails. You know that it's going to take knocking down some devils. You're going to have to take the extra time to build the deeper foundation. Why? Because you will face opposition. And it's not just the prayers of others that's going to get you through. It's going to take doing the work of the of, of laying the foundation. The structure can only be as big as the foundation. I remember going to Dubai and seeing, you know, the world's tallest building is in Dubai. It's the Burj Khalifa. And I remember going to that, and I went to it with, uh, with a minister friend of mine who uh, his family member lives there. And, um, and we looked at this building, and the building is, uh, it's 100, it's 2,722 feet tall. It's over a half mile tall, this building is. 
And I remember looking at that building, and we're looking way up at that thing. And I said, so are we going to go in it? He said, oh, Pastor, I'm not going in that building. I said, you're going to make me go in it. You're going to make me go up to the top of myself. He said, are you sure you want to? I said, well, yeah, I want to go. To, I can't come to Dubai and not go, not go up in this building, right? I remember going up this building. It goes one floor per second. Do, 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 do. And going all the way up to the top of the, you know, and and this thing, and it had these strobe lights, you know, that are going in like 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 sort of like a rocket ship or something. These these strobe lights, and I remember going in, and this thing's going fast, it's moving, and we're getting up this building. You know, you you start to wonder. I know you trust it, but not on the way up, right? You're thinking this thing's getting higher and higher and higher and higher. It's the tallest building in the world. See, in, in fact, uh, just to give you some frame of reference, uh, the Empire State Building is about 86 floors is the observation deck. You know, you go up to, I think, 82, and you walk up four more floors up or whatever to the... This one, you go up uh, the observation deck, it's, it's 163 floors. The observation deck is 148. 148. And I remember standing up there, and you're looking down on the world. You feel like you, feel like you can see the curvature of the earth. I mean, you're way, way, way up there. But do you know, it's... The thing that was amazed me was I remember thinking up there how deep this thing must go into the ground. We can admire how big and how tall and how, how, uh, how uh, brilliant something is. But can I tell you, you don't want to go taller than you are deeper. Because the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Look at Goliath. It's important for us to know our foundation. I remember in high school... When I was in high school, I really got a hunger for the Lord. I had a revelation of Jesus in my life. I, I remember doubting God and wondering if he ever existed. And my family served the Lord, but I remember just telling God or telling whoever out there, I don't know if you're real. I'm not going to believe you just for my family, but I want to put my life into something that matters. And I don't really know if God's real. So God, I'm going to give you some time. Would you just prove yourself to me? God proved himself to me. I was in the middle of a worship service. It's kind of why I got into music in my life. But I was in the middle of a worship service and um, just a little Bible study and youth, a couple guys playing guitars. And, man, I can tell you, it, my eyes were open to Jesus. I didn't see him with these physical eyes. But his presence was just so real in my life. Well, I remember going to high and. Um, and I remember being so convinced of Jesus, I carried my Bible around me. I wasn't a nerd, but I carried my Bible around me. And I wasn't like, I don't know what else to believe in, so I'm going to believe in the Bible. No, I had such a revelation of Jesus, and I didn't want people to go to hell. I cared about him. It was love. It was, it was less aware of me and more aware of them. And I cared about them so much that, and I'd tell people, hey, can I just talk with you about Jesus? You know, and they'd say, are you serious, man? We're in high school. I'd say, man, I, you're a good guy. I just, I don't know when he's coming back. I just want to, and I'd lead people to the Lord in my high school. I'd lead people to, to Jesus. I led a security guard. One of, one of our, we had, we had a rough high school. You know, was, they had like police officers there before they had police officers in school. And, uh, and I remember leading one of them to the Lord. Leading one of them to the Lord. Why? Because I love Jesus. I remember I went to Azusa Pacific University. I went to college. And, um, and when I was there, uh, I got invited to uh, this f philosophical meeting, this philosophy meeting. It was like called Thinkers or something. And, and it was kind of in a private place. It was a private little, um, almost like a little jazz club type room. 
and they would sit back and smoke cigars and drink wine and just talk philosophically about what, what life was all about. And I remember sitting there thinking, well, what about this? And what about this? And what do you think about this? All these university students sitting back. And I remember raising my hand and saying, well, you know, the word of God says this. And it was like I threw cold water in the room. Nobody wants to know what the word of God says. You know why? It solves it. It's, there's no reason to be here. Who, care, who cares what you think and you think and you think? God already said this. So all we're going to do is sit here and theorize God out of it. There's no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. The book of Proverbs says, wisest man who wrote in the world besides Jesus who ever wrote that, who wrote that, right? God's word isn't always popular in philosophical situations. It's important to know to be foundational, be foundational. So uh, what, is, what is my foundation? What is my foundation? Listen, uh, my foundation has to be the Lord. My foundation has to be Jesus, your foundation has to be Jesus. Well, I know some people who are, have, have stood up for some things whose foundation isn't the Lord. Yeah, but the storms haven't quite all the way hit yet. Some of the storms might be eternity. Our foundation has to be Jesus. Number two, so what is my foundation? Where is my foundation? Where is my foundation? Well, isn't that obvious where my foundation is? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, Paul said, according to the grace of God which was given to me, a wise master builder. See, he was a, an apostle. Apostles in the body of Christ, there's apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Apostles are always first. The Bible says first apostles. It says in another place. Why? Because apostles lay foundational things. Then there's prophets. Then there's evangelists. Then there's pastors and teachers. When God sends someone... He sends them in to lay foundations on things, biblical foundations on things. So Paul was laying a foundation here, and he said, I laid this foundation as a wise master builder. He says, but let each one take heed how he builds on it, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Can you say Jesus Christ? The foundation is Jesus Christ. But I want you to notice where the foundation is. It's at the bottom. It's at the start. In other words, Jesus isn't one of the floors, like second floor, third floor, first floor, 10th floor. Jesus is the first floor. Jesus is the start. Jesus is the start of the conversation, like, what do you think, Jesus? What do you think? What's Jesus say? What do you think? What did the word of God say? It always has to be foundational. It always has to be, first, it's not just a floor in your building. I have Jesus in my life. What floor? What floor is he in? He has to be the foundation. Otherwise, you're going to compromise somewhere. And compromise in structure means what? It means danger. If you put Jesus at any other floor than the foundation, there's going to be danger in there. Doctrine. Jesus said, you have made the, the traditions of men have made the word of God of no effect. In other words, you put God, God in there and his, his word in there or Jesus in there. Oh, yeah, I believe in that. He's somewhere in there. But is he first? Is he foundational? The foundation's always got to be at the bottom. You don't draw, here's how you know, you don't draw a conclusion, then use Jesus in the Bible to validate it. And that's what a lot of people do. In fact, I would say that's what most people do. You know what I think, and here's why, and they find a scripture to support what they think. You can't do that. You have to say, well, the Bible says this, and I don't really know how to think about it, but I'm still trying to get ahead. 
Jesus has to be, his word has to be the foundation. Then you draw your conclusions on what he said. Right? That's the application of it. Your foundation starts with Jesus, not what do I think, and then what does God think. What I think doesn't matter. What God thinks matters. What did he say? Do you know that keeps you hungry for the word? If the word of God is your foundation, it keeps you hungry for his word. Why? Because it's how you make your decisions. You just come back to what he said. You say, I haven't figured it out how, why he said. Um, I, I don't know how that works yet, but, you know. Um, in, um, at the Un- Ohio State University, there's a building called the Wexner Art Center. The Wexner Art Center. And remember hearing a story of Ravi uh, Zacharias, who gone, has gone on to be with the Lord. He told about doing a lecture several years ago at this, at Ohio State. And as he was being driven to the lecture, they passed by this new Wexer Art Center. It was modern art. And the driver commented, was telling him about all the modern art in the university, these new uh, things in design. And it's a fascinating building. It's designed in uh, postmodernism with the view of uh, a postmodernism view of reality. Zacharias described this fascinating building. He said, the building has no patterns. The staircases will go up and they'll go to nowhere. Pillars will support nothing that are standing out there. The architect designed, uh, who designed the building, he designed it to reflect postmodernism and that way of life. It was nowhere... It went nowhere and was mindless and senseless, but somehow it worked. So Zacharias said to the tour guide, he said, I, I turned to the man describing it and I asked, did they do the same thing with the foundation? And the man laughed and said, oh, oh, you can't do that with the foundation. The reason I say that is because a lot of people want to tell, say what they think and something they learned and a new book they read, and this and that. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if Jesus wasn't the foundation of all that. Heaven and earth will pass away. My word will never pass away. What is my foundation, number one? Number two is where is my foundation? And number three is how do, you, how do I lay my foundation? How do I lay my foundation? And it comes back to this, Luke chapter 6, verse 46. We read it all the time, and we'll read it all the time. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? Lord means master. Lord means uh, you're my boss. You're, I'm in, you're in charge. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? I think when we hear this teaching of a grace teaching that's so much on, it's not about what we did, it's about what Christ did. That's true, and you'll never earn your own salvation. That's absolutely true, period. Now, come over here. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things that I say? What about that verse? Because there's something about doing what he said to do. And then he goes on and says, whoever comes to me, hears my sayings and does them. Notice, comes to me, hears my sayings and does them. I'll show you what he's like. He's like a man who dug deep and laid the foundation on a rock. It's not saying Jesus is my foundation. What about Jesus as your foundation? It's his words. It's what he said to you. That's the foundation. And he said, the man who comes, hears, and does what I said, he's the one who lays the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house. He couldn't shake it for it was founded on the rock. He tells about the other example, the person who came and heard but didn't do. 
He's the one whose foundation fell. What's the difference between the two? Did they both hear? What's the only difference? One followed through and did it, one didn't. At the end of the day, you and I will be tested not by what we heard, not by how much we came to church, but by how much we applied the Word of God. It's the application of the Word of God that matters. It's the obedience of the Word of God that matters. James 1.22 says, Be doers of the Word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. We can deceive ourselves, pat ourselves on the back and say, I read all my journal. I came to church. I listened to my podcast. I did everything I was supposed to do. And at the end of the day, here's the only question that matters. What did you do about it? That's how you lay a foundation. The foundation is not in the hearing. It's in the doing. It's in the follow-through of it. Hear, do the word. Say it again. Hear the word, do the word. That's the solid foundation. So are you hearing? Specifically for your situation, are you hearing? We have something that's called... um, a journal. We have the, the Solid Life journals that we have that we've uh, passed out and we, we, we have them around. And they have what's called SOAP in them, S-O-A-P. And what it is is we read our Bibles through as a church. We read our Bibles every day as a church and we read just a chapter a day. Some people say, I don't follow that. I have my own plan. That's cool. Do your own plan. But do this one too. Why? Because it allows us to fellowship around the Word of God. It allows us to say, oh, did you read this morning in the book of Galatians? Oh, did you read this morning in this? And we can have some fellowship and talk back and forth about the word of God. Can you imagine if in the early church that they all just read their own thing? And then what fellowship would they have? They're all talking about something different. No, the Bible says they, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Those really kind of go together. There's something about reading the Bible and fellowshipping around the Bible together. I'm telling you, Tiffany and I do it, and we're able to fellowship as a married couple because we read the same things. So we have this thing called SOAP that's in there, Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. I don't really like that journal thing. I don't really like this. You know, I don't, okay, but, but here's what it does. You pick one scripture out of that. You pick observation, which is what do you, what is, you see the scripture saying. What is the application? That's really where the doing. And then prayer. What is your decision to follow through with those things? That is the application of how to follow through on a regular basis. Uh, I remember one time my boys, I would have them from a young age reading the Bible on a daily basis, reading a chapter of the Bible on a daily basis. I remember one day David was reading, my son David was reading the book of Proverbs, and he comes up and he goes, Dad, what's, up? what's you know, he'd ask me different things, what's war? I said, what's war? Oh, it's when two people fight. No, 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 war, what's war, what's war? I said, what's that? He says, it says avoid war. I said, a whore? He said, Oh, yeah, whore. <laughs> he, he was asking me what a whore is. You know, he was eight years old, you know, asking me what a whore is. And I said, oh, let me, let me just explain what a whore is. You know, uh, it's a bad girl. Stay away from her. All right, just read the next verse. <laughs> just, just move on to the next verse. See, as a young kid, your first confrontation with the word of God shouldn't be a whore. You know what I mean? It's your laying a foundation so that when you do see the whore, you're able to say, oh, Bible says stay away from you. See, you lay the foundation. You lay the foundation at what age? At the earliest age possible. Can they read? Start laying a foundation. That was just a funny thing, but I remembered that when I was thinking about that. What's doing the, the word of God? Let me, let me say this one more thing to him. 
There's a difference between learning-based discipleship and doing-based discipleship. Learning-based discipleship walks into a message and says, I've already heard that. Doing-based discipleship walks in and says, I'm not doing it yet like I need to be. Do you know at some churches over countries and things, they'll teach on one thing, and they could teach on the same thing for a year. And when do they stop? When they're all doing it. When they're all doing it. When they're all doing the word of the Lord. At what point can we move on when, we, when we're doing what the Lord's told us to do? It's called uh, doing-based. It's called follow-through, doing-based discipleship. Learning-based versus obedience-based discipleship. It, uh, do you know this type of thing confronts mainly religious people? And I'll tell you what the one barrier of religious people that I've seen is this. They think they already know. They think they already know. Religious people, what's the biggest thing? They think they already know. Why didn't they listen to Jesus back in his day? They think they already know. And like I heard one person say, the only barrier to truth is the assumption that you already have it. If you already assume that you know what the Bible says, then you won't read it with hunger. But if you want to lay a foundation because you're desperate for it, I'll tell you what hits people into a hunger for it, get into crisis. Sometimes people say, my son, he just keeps going away. I don't know what to do. And I'll say, well, you know, sometimes the Lord will teach him, and sometimes the wall will teach him. Because you're going to hit the wall at some point, and you're going to have to come back and realize you have to lay the foundation. I want to close with this. Uh, I remember in, when I, was in, I went to APU in California, and I was about to graduate, and I had a plan in my head to move to the East Coast to go to graduate school to pursue music and to pursue business or something. I, I didn't really have an idea of going into, into um, be a pastor or anything. I, I've, I've said, I probably said it 200 times, I never want to be a pastor. Never want to do that. And I didn't say it so that it would be a testimony. I said it because I didn't want to do it. And, uh, but I had a, a, an idea, and I already had it laid out. Well, I remember I had got the application and filled it out and got all that stuff uh, done, and I was laying down in bed. I woke up early one morning, and the Lord, Holy Spirit spoke to my heart one morning and said, I want you to go back to Life Bible College. It's now Life Pacific University. I want you to go back. I said, oh. I went back to sleep. I don't, I don't want to do that. that. That wasn't in my plans. It wasn't in my plans. But I said, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And, and I just couldn't get it off my heart. That's how you know it's God. He doesn't let it go. It, it, he'll, it'll be there tomorrow too. I remember just leaning, rolling over, putting my knees on the floor, and I said, God, I don't want to do that. don't want to do it. I already have a plan, Lord. I really want you to bless my plan. I really want you to bless my plan. Have you ever prayed that prayer before? <laughs> I have a plan. I want you to bless my plan. And the Lord just kind of doesn't even respond said what I said. Little did I know, out of obedience, I eventually surrendered to the Lord. He changed my heart to, to it. I went back to Bible school. I graduated. Never knew I'd be a pastor. Never knew that I'm, now I'm glad I kind of went, you may be glad too, you know. I'm glad now. That's where I met my wife. I would have never met Tiffany before. But see, God knows your life better than you know your life. People can tell you about your today, but only God can tell you about your tomorrow. And if he's not your foundation, if he's not the basis on why you make the decisions that you make, your life just won't turn out with his picture in mind. 
He'll always guide you to where what his picture is and where his what he sees in his heart. I want you to bow your heads right where you are. And I want you to just ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? Come on, just stop and say, what are you saying to me today? Every person, what are you saying to me today? Who is my foundation? And if you don't know Jesus as the Lord of your life, Just say, Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart. I surrender myself to you. Make me new. From this day forward, I call myself a believer. Where is your foundation? Maybe you've put Jesus in your life, but you just you to have more of an impact, a a deeper impact, so that you can do more in my life. Lord, I I, I repent and I surrender right now. Would you do it? Put your hands, put your heart open to them and say, Jesus, I surrender my heart to you right now. Come on, Jesus, I surrender my decisions to you right now. Jesus, I surrender my will to you right now. And then making a commitment to lay a foundation. If there's something that he's to speak into your heart, would you just say, Jesus, right now I open my heart to you to hear what you're saying. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.